Oh, good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live, our penultimate edition for 2021, as we wrap up the trade week and uh, productive trade week it was, and uh, we look forward to the draft in a few weeks to finish off the season. So, without any further ado, let's crack straight in, shall we? Good evening everyone and welcome to Tuesday Night Live this Tuesday the 19th of October 21. The weather's getting warmer and the cricket's starting and all sorts of things are happening and uh, one thing stays the same of course and on Tuesday night and that's I'm joined by Peter. How are you going? Oh, really well mate, how are you? Pretty good mate, pretty good. Uh, no Macca just yet but he may, uh, he may venture in um, at some stage and if he does, all the good. Um, I don't think it'll be uh, too big a cast tonight. We're just wrapping up the trade week and maybe a little bit of a discussion about what we might expect at the draft, Pete. But uh, as usual, I welcome everyone who's joined us on YouTube and also on Discord. Don't forget, if you want to have your say, we've been a little bit lacking in uh, audience participation the last few weeks, Peter, haven't we? So if anyone's got anything they want to say... Yeah, we had that great call from. I reckon the last one we had was from London. That was that was pretty. That's cool. right. But yeah, we could. That's right. Yeah. Anybody who uh, get on there, and whilst um, you know, there's uh, as you say, there's not uh, a massive cast on the cards. Uh, a really good time for I think you know if you, on the chat if you've got questions, if you've got anything yep. like that you want to ask, you want to bring up or chat about or get on the line or whatever, then please do so. One hundred percent, Peter. Uh, so, you know, we were unfortunate that we missed out on the scoop of Jordan Dawson by, I reckon, 36 oh. seconds last week. How 36 seconds. <laughs> Could not believe it. <laughs> Look, I can't confirm or deny that Fox deliberately held that back until the end of Crowcast, uh, just so <laughs> that we couldn't get the bloody scoop. Um, but it was fantastic to get Geordie over the line, wasn't it, mate? Uh, it, look, it really was, and there had been, you know, a little bit of uh, drama associated with it. But I think that this time last week, I think we all felt pretty confident that um, yep. that, that Melbourne, uh, that Melbourne first round pick would would do the uh, do the job. And I think in the end, that was a pretty fair trade. And I think that if you looked around at the various media outlets, it, it was considered to be a pretty reasonable trade. Um, it was interesting that Sydney had a little bit of a went out the back end with a little bit of a spray and I'm, I'm sure that was probably just really for their supporters um, because I think that yeah. you know, deep down, I think that, you know, any uncontracted player um, that you're, um, you know, that you're trading away and they're going home, you know, it's a, you know, a first round, I think is generally a, a pretty good result. Yeah. Yeah. And look, as we pointed out, I think um, uh, that pick was really uh, 23 Thirty something and some loose changes that we just converted into uh, Melbourne's uh, twenty-two first rounder. So, uh, from our perspective, a great value to be able to work that four-way club, uh, four-way trade up 
into a, a first rounder that we could then, um, you know, throw at Sydney and say, hey, look, you know, we've been pretty fair here, which we were. Um, and clearly that pick was worth more in 22 than our 23 this year. So, uh, as I said last week, I think, Pete, the, the deal that you uh, that is usually the best compromise is where no one's uh, truly satisfied. And I think that's probably... Crows, I think, would have liked to have got away with it a little bit cheaper or with less fuss. And the Swans either probably would have liked to have gone further up up the uh, the draft ladder. But uh, here we are. Geordie's the South Aussie boy. Yep, yep. and absolutely uh, happy with that. And um, he looks like he's going to really bring some um, some great attributes. And uh, I think that uh, there was plenty of talk about his off-field character as well. And I think that that's going to be a really good thing. And I know that he talked about that as well, Yep, what he can bring that um uh that, that young group and um i think that you know he would he would feel like he's going in there i think with some level of responsibility to provide some leadership even at an early stage um given you know everything surrounded well you know he's in, I think that, he's in that perfect age group isn't he mate where we've spoken for ages about how we've got a real dip in that uh 24 to 26 yeah. uh uh, slot and you know he's been in the system for six years uh, still, still only 60 games but he's really uh, come on in the last couple of years and uh, I think he'll relish the uh, the opportunity to be a bit of a leader amongst the young lads and um, really fills a bit of a, a gap in that age, gra- age gap so uh, particularly uh, with some of the news that's come out this week with regards to Matty Crouch but uh, before we get on to that so I mean that was pretty much us for for a trade week. There was we sniffed around at North's pick one, but uh, that was never really going to happen as it turned out. And uh, aside from that, that was us pretty much done, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there was some reports about us having a sniff at um, the young lad from Melbourne. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Cade, someone. Cade, Cade, somebody or other. Yeah, uh, one. Yeah, so he was a. That guy. 176, 178. Yep, small forward yep. type um, player. And so we had a little bit of a sniff at him, but he was very, very interestingly, interestingly, I thought, theme. Um, he was very, very quickly signed by Melbourne on a two-year deal. So yes. um, they obviously rated him pretty highly. And so because yeah. it was a kind of, there was a little bit of, you know, who the hell is this and what the hell do we need that person for? And no one knows him and blah, blah, mm. blah. And he barely played any games and he's this and he's that. You know how, you know, unless they dust him up, they run him down, don't they? That's right. And um, you know, and just as the second, not the second, but, you know, day, just a matter of days after that news came out that we were interested, Melbourne yeah. Medical 2 did. Yeah, and so, when the name came out, everyone's like, ruffling through their, their notes going, Who, who's that kid? Where's he from? Like, he wasn't, even though he was <laughs> subbing the GF, like, no one really knew who he was, so... Um, no, so he, so that was that was a, a player we had to step at. But you're right. Uh, we, really, our focus was on Jordan, and I, I, you know, I mean, you could not, um, if you were ready, you could not have played that any better at all. For what we for what we paid over, um, it was a, a very very good bit of business from from Reed. And so, yeah, we, we ended up doing really really well. And um, I thought it was it was good that they had a you know had a punch at at Jason Horn. Francis and so that's that's fine. Took a swing, yeah. Um, but yeah, would have been remiss not to. I think. 
Yeah, I think I think you know I get the feeling that overall we're pretty happy with where the squad is at. I think we think that that's the guts of the next push. Yep, and it'll just be adding bits and pieces from from here on in. I don't think there's going to be any great sort of. I think I think we've really we've pruned the list tremendously in the last couple of years, and I think and we've we've gone to the draft significantly. I suspect we're only going to have one um, a couple of picks this year. Yeah, look, and, it's um, you're right, Pete. Uh, the feeling that I get is that uh, it's very similar. That uh, they feel like the the. Like the core group is almost there. Um, if you, you know, just from an external point of view, if you have a look at the squad, you know, our defence looks pretty right. There's a bit of versatility there in the tall department with Frampton and Fish Mackesee if he comes on. And then, of course, we've got the, the, um, the, the stalwart in Geordie Butts who's just made fullback his own. Um, you know, and then Murray, of course, and we've got uh, Ball Ace who's sort of sniffing up behind, although it might be a bit of a twin at Ball Ace. But, you know, and the mids, we're almost there. And, uh, you know, we're probably a classy in-out player away from having that, assuming they all um, reach their projected, you know, um, ceilings. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad mix in that midfield. Um, mm. And then prob- probably forward line... You could argue that there's a little bit left there, but gee, some of the late season looks we had at Lockie Gallant and uh, um, Young Cook as well, uh, you kind of think, all right, there's a bit there. And um, and then to cap it off, we've got uh, Burjo coming in just to make Fog an absolute ripped machine. So, yep. you know, there's not a lot left, is there, I guess? And it makes the draft in terms of who we may target quite interesting because there's there's a few options isn't there well there is and it's it's and and it's very sort of dictated in terms of two or uh, two yeah by, by the list and the list numbers that we've got so that's uh, that makes it interesting as well it's very very you know as we talked about last week it's very tight and um yeah my, I, yeah my feel is is that we'll we're just looking to add that one one or two classy sort of players and um, to the midfield, and I think then that as we look forward to next year, I think that we're going to be much um, greater players in the trade free agency market as from from next year going forward. Yeah, you get the feeling that a lot of teams have, uh, or a lot of clubs have bailed out of anything post about thirty five in this year's draft, and it's probably unfortunate for the kids that are in this year's draft crop because through no fault of their own. They just don't have a lot of exposure because of the situation with COVID, particularly in Victoria. So, um, yeah, But you, you, feel like, you feel like most clubs have just gone, yeah, uh, there's, there's you know three or four really top-quality gilt-edge sort of picks and then there's probably you know 20 or so that you could throw a blanket over, really. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, then it, and then it becomes a bit of a crapshoot after that. So... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of clubs have done their delistings and sort of announced already that you know some of their delistings will be re-signed as rookies. Uh, we may well do the same with Ryan O'Connor, of course, depending on how the chips fall. Um, yep. <clears throat> so uh, you know, I guess from the draft's perspective, the only uh, the only thing left to really talk about is what we end up doing with pick four. Um, 
You know, there's been so many scenarios. We can throw the North Melbourne scenario out the door, I think, uh, much to Razor's delight. Razor's just just absolutely sick and tired of us talking about Jason Horn francis Yep. So we won't talk about Jason Horn francis He's definitely, he's very, very clearly off the table and, and, um, uh, you know, I think I, I honestly, I honestly think it's going to be a real um, one, one of the more interesting draft nights. I think that, you know, certainly in our position, it's going to be extremely interesting and, and hard to predict. And I reckon it's hard, it would be hard to predict just for for our, you know, the guys on the inside as well. Agreed. As to what's going to come and who's going to come with it and where we're going to go and. Um, you know, really, really tricky because they'll, you know, they'll want to have a look to see if Callahan slides. Yep. Um, they'll want to have it. They'll want to be able to in a position to, if he does, they'll want to be able to have a look at that. And if they do, if he does, then well and good, I think they'll take it. But if he doesn't, then you know, then it's the, on. The panic, then it's on. It's on. <laughs> it's on. And I think, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's where they'll obviously that's where they'll earn their money. Because yep. they're not going to have much time. I mean, yep. I assume, I guess they have contingencies in place, but yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see um, them, you know, working, you know, feverishly um, if if Callahan doesn't, you know, doesn't slide and yeah. goes to GWS or Gold Coast as expected. Yeah, J and M asks if the drafts have has an elite small forward. Well, I guess uh, Rochelle was the one, isn't he? Um, being touted as something like that. Um, yeah, he you... is, and I, um, I reckon um, uh, Cooper Merley is one that is one that we talked about earlier in the year. One of the Under guys the radar. He is well on the radar, Cooper Merley. He is yes. a very, very good player who had a very, very difficult year with injury. So, in terms of a small forward, and that that almost, he's he's actually almost like a replica of that kid that they were going to go after from Melbourne. Cade Chandler yes. is kind of a similar type. He's that sort of sub-180, um, you know, quick, classy, yeah. um, very, very um, good around goals. And um, and I, 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 you might remember I told him the story about when I was talking to the recruiter um, right back to the start of the season. And in from the actual recruiter's mouths, they said that what they see with in terms of his weapon and at that stage, don't forget, Cooper was playing mostly midfield. That's right. Know? He said that they, they identified that his weapon that would potentially translate to AFL football is his goal sense. Mm. So that's how they see him. Yeah. So I think that they, you know he's he's certainly in that, um, and I think I think that he would, you know, if we if we're conservative and you know we're just picking four and thirty three, I think I think there's a really good chance he's available at thirty three because of those injuries. Uh, look, I agree with you. I think he sits there. You've got Fajo as well that uh, sort of sits in that same sort of uh, category. Um, uh, and it's a bit of an indictment on the incumbents, isn't it? Roe and uh, Tariq Newchurch, uh, as well as, you know, I guess blokes like Lockie Murphy that were still in the hunt for a small forward. Um, you yep. know, when we took Tyson Stengel, of course, we uh, he looked to be somewhat of the solution until he went off the rails a bit and... Uh, uh, that was a bit of a shame, but uh, the club hasn't shown... Well, I guess it's interesting. You could say one of two things. Either 
I mean, it's it's very easy to say that Tariq's not ready yet. He's probably a season or two away, and that's fair enough. Um, Jimmy Rose, an interesting one, because I feel like he's played his best football when he's been pushing up the ground. And, you know, he played midfield um, quite a bit for the Eagles in the Sample. Maybe he's a high half-forward type um, that can sort of drop back and sneak a goal, but it, he doesn't present to me as that small forward that we're looking for, does he? No. No, I don't think so. Yeah, and I think the club feel the same, which is why they're in the market for those types. I, I think so. And uh, Cooper can you know, run through the midfield as well. He's got that side to his game. He's got a good contested side to his game for, for a small frame. So he's one that you know I'll certainly look at. There's a question on the chat from Inquisitor about Morgan for uh, Morgan Perez, and yeah. Morgan's actually um, I thought had a really he had a quite a good finish of the year. He kicked five and in intercol, um, and in a losing team, and played really really well. Yeah. He also he had some runs in defence in the state games. Yeah. And um, I thought he was a he was a good contributor in the state teams, and um, yeah, didn't, didn't look out of place. And I thought, interestingly, he tested uh, in the recent combine on Saturday. He tested top five mm. in the uh, 20 minute sprint. Mm. So, you know, he's got really good athleticism, has walks. And so I wouldn't think I wouldn't see him as out of the equation to be picked up at all. I think that he's, um, you know, it's for any side that's looking, Sorry, looking for that. Go on. Sorry, anyone, that's, anyone that's looking for that sort of that mobile third forward. Um, you know, there's not many of them in the draft this year, so I think that he'll be a later pick, no doubt. But I think he's certainly in the frame. I think he's in the frame, maybe not for us. Um, uh, probably uh, got enough in that category with McAdam and Gallant and Cook and you know. I think so. I think that the way that look, the, it, I mean, we talked about Morgs, didn't we? As 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 potentially a, a real as as a need for us, but. I guess, you know, when we were talking earlier in the year for the listeners' benefit, you know, I guess you don't see how the year's going to play out. And you don't certainly don't see how the list is going to play out. That's how right. How tight we are. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably the emergence of Gallant, um, the fact that we got to have a look at him, the fact that we got to, you know, see him really string together some strong SNFL form. Yeah. And then look like a player at league level. In, the, in that last game, I think that probably shuts. The combination of the emergence of Gallant with the limited list spots mm. approach that we've taken, I think those things, yeah, close yeah. the door. Well, and plus the inclusion of Dawson, which just pushes Cook back to a half-forward or a high half-forward sort of role you would you would expect um, yep. with Seed playing on another wing, uh, Geordie playing on one, you would think. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um uh, so I guess there's a couple of scenarios. Obviously, we take four to the to the draft, and uh, you would expect that if uh, Callahan's still there at four, we just take him. Uh, that's what I would think. Um, and as yep. you mentioned, if if he's not there, then uh, here we go. You know, a lot of people saying seven and fifteen from Richmond is on the cards for four. That's a possibility, I guess. Um, although you've got to think to yourself, who would. Uh, Richmond be targeting that they'd need to go that high for maybe Hobbs I suppose mm. um, I have a feeling that if we decide to if, if Callahan goes and we decide to split pick four I reckon we'll try and get something in next year's first round 
um, with That's maybe a late first rounder this season with a with a first round pick next year with somebody. Yep, I, I can see that. I can see us going back to seven, eight, nine, and then but then but then just rolling it over for next year to have an extra first rounder. Yeah, yeah, Vardy. Yes, you're right. Richmond do have five picks in the top thirty. That done quite well. Um, do you that, think that, that brings next year's trap? Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. There you go. I was just going to ask whether that scenario brings Hawthorne into the frame. Um, whether, uh, I mean, Hawthorne seem to be almost a little bit desperate in terms of, you know, certainly from what we've heard in the media about trying to regenerate. And uh, Sammy Mitchell doesn't appear to be a great fan of their current midfield. <laughs> so uh, they they seem pretty keen uh, to top up. They couldn't shift any of their players to get in into any more first round picks but I wonder whether they're uh, someone that might bob up as a bit of a trade partner getting into the into 2022's first round interesting and because you'd have to think that their first rounder would be valued pretty highly yes so I I can't see them doing it because if you remember we I mean we made out like bandits with the GWS first rounder on the Mackesson mm. trade because mm. GWS had that dip that <laughs> yep. no one thought they were going to have. That's right, yeah. So we were, we were lucky, but so I don't know. I think I think maybe Richmond, uh, you know, are a chance to. And if we moved back to seven plus their first next year, I think that kind of you know that probably is a mid range first that um, you know m- may work. And, and actually, if you look at the numbers, it looks a little bit similar to the trade that we did in twenty nineteen with GWS. You know, go back two or three spots and then pick up a mid-range sort of first for the following yeah. year. Yeah, I guess the only reason I, I talk about Hawthorne is that they've got 5 and 21. Um, we could almost turn uh, Hawthorne's 21 plus our 33 into something. Um, mm. Maybe a maybe a late first rounder or, or something. And I'd... Because you're right with regards to the tightness of our list, um, Pete, and um, you know they do have the option of of recontracting um, Ben as well as Ryan O'Keefe, uh, Ryan O'Connor, I mm. should say. So you know, and upgrading uh, Butts or Strawn or a couple of them onto the main list, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, I. Just interests me, Hawthorne's situation. The the obvious one is obviously Richmond with seven and fifteen, um, as well as twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. If you don't mind. Um, not a bad know, hand, is it? No, and there's not a lot of other teams that have a hand that really would appeal. I don't think. Hmm. Can I quickly answer a question in the chat that was just from a few lines ago? This is Ray Masra um, on YouTube, just asking about Kaziah Wanganin Miller as potentially a pick four or too high, I think probably a little bit high, although it'll be, I think it'll be pick six by the time we choose. Mm. I, th- I think he's going to bolt a bit though, Fane. I think Desire's going to bolt a bit. I reckon, you know, maybe Essendon at about 11. I think Essendon it's, shapes it's, as the one, doesn't it? Yep. I've read a bit that poured a heavily into him with that new pick 12 that they've acquired from yep. Sydney. Yep. So I, th- I think I, I, if he... Doesn't go before that. I think that he doesn't get past either of those two clubs, at yeah. eleven or twelve. So I suppose you know. If, I mean, you know, I, I think he's a magnificent talent. 
desire. I think that he just has, you know, he's just one of those few players that the game just slows down around him. He's amazing. So yeah, I've really enjoyed watching him play this year. One of those players where you think the ceiling is very, very high, you know, and it could go one way or the other. Yeah, worries me. I just think that he's been pigeonholed as a wing. And I saw a stat come out the other day that in the SNFL this year, 46% of his ball has been contested ball. That's unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is what happens. You see that, you know, if you, if you, if you read too much around some of these, what you know, inverted commas, watches. Yeah around the internet, yeah. and uh, they'll tell you that, oh, he's, he's a bit soft, he's a bit outside, he's a bit this, yeah, yeah. you go and have a look at his footage. You go and have a look at his footage, and you have a look where he gets his possessions. He's running deep down in defence. He's yeah. a hard run at both whales. Yeah. And, and, and that stat, 46% of his possessions in the SNFL this year contested yeah. possessions. And it just so don't shows. worry about desire. Ah, it just shows our... Purile, our bloody um, coverage is. You know, everyone gets on a bandwagon using a certain stereotype, and players get pigeonholed very, very quickly. Um, yep. I, I think the lad's got amazing ceiling, and he could be anything. Could be anything. Um, yeah, and and I read, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cal Toomey had him as he said, well known amongst recruiters around the around the AFL that he's he's the best kick in the draft. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So are we looking at him? You know, would we would we slide back to seven and take Nasir? Maybe. Well, if we slid back know. to seven, would he be the one? Do you think? There's a few there. There's Goda, obviously, who's I think everyone is starting to focus on because of his weapons. Yep. Um, it's probably oh. a bit high for. It's a, probably a bit high for a lad like Draper. Um, I yep. don't know. A lot of people, and you know, there seems to be a lot of chatter about, and I, and I, again from Cal Toomey, who, Rochelle, you know, he, he's not too bad. He has the ear to the ground. And they're all mm. talking about Rochelle, and no, I was very, I was pretty, I'd be very surprised if we took him at four strokes six. So you know, um, from what I, what I've seen, but you know, I, I'd, I'd be a little uh, bit disappointed. Uh, Erasmus is yeah. the other one, although you've got the Western Australian factor yep. there, and. Fremantle have obviously worked, you know, a situation where they're at number six. So, um, you know, if we drop down to seven, then that's that's uh, you're not going to see Erasmus um, after Fremantle. I wouldn't have thought. No, but Nazar is a um, he's a beautiful, beautiful player. He, you know, he's just balanced. He's tall. He's one eighty eight. He's got he he has got evasion like you can't even believe. So yeah, he you know he he's one that, that may well appeal. I'm not sure, but he, he there's no way in the world would get past Essendon or Port. No, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, so I guess just to round out this conversation, uh, and then uh, we, if there is anyone in the chat that wants to uh, have a say, uh, this is the cast to do it. Um, forget the forget the machinations, um, Pete. If you yep. could take a a A grader and a smoky in this year's draft, sort of bearing oh. in mind where we sit in terms of draft picks, what would be your wish list? Gee. Question without Tough notice, one. sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, look, I personally, if we could get the combination of Naziah and, um, and Goda, I think, because I think. Because I, I think you're going to have to get 
you're going to have to get pick probably eight nine to get Nazar. Yeah, or he's going to be gone. And I think, but I think you, I think you could, you could well get go to you know, sort of fifteen sixteen. So I think yep. that that's kind of where I, where I kind of kind of set up. You know, I, I think a lot is is made of, of, the, and I'm look, I'm being biased, I suppose, for him, but a lot's made of you know, the Victorian draftees, and they don't in the last two years they have not been exposed a lot compared to our boys, and so pretty easy to pull apart our kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and. Sure, though, you know, there was, you know, some some average efforts in, in the actual state game, but that's because I think the talent, you know, the depth of talent is not there. I think the Jeez, high was end, a long season, too, for some of these lads. Long, very, very long season. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, Rochelle to me just doesn't, you know, for a, for a top 10 draft pick, I just, I don't know. I, but, you know, everyone says that he's this, that, and the other. I just don't see it in the highlights. Mm. And I, 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 put, I put my hand up and say, look, you know, um, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of him play, mm. uh, and I've only seen his highlights. And but from what I, you know, a lot of what I saw is was pretty much just kick and catch. Yeah, and that yeah. might be being a bit harsh. Oh, look, uh, no, I don't think so. Look, I'll give you an interesting. Uh, a- interesting thing to chew over you're talking about the, um the south australian boys being exposed uh far more so than the victorian lads and there and that could be you know a a, a curse as well as uh, a positive um how many of last year's first round victorian draftees played more than 10 games this season not many peter is the answer oh. Not yes. many, if any. Yeah, I, I can't even think who 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 went top ten last year. Oh shit! I'll was... go back and have a look. Let's go and have a look at. Have a quick me, look. Viewers. It's, a, it's a good point you make because what I feel, you know, what I feel like happens. I feel like we have kids who just just dominate and are smashing it, and then all of a sudden, the Victorian, you know, Victorian kids play five games. And, you know, that's your top 10. Yeah, that's right. Let's have a look at the 2020 AFL draft. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. So many. What the hell was going on here? Just give me the drafts. All right. Um, Come on, Wikipedia. You're better than that. Here we go. So, Ugle Hagen. Played half a dozen games. Yep. Uh, Will Phillips probably played two thirds of the season, I think. Yep. Thereabouts. Um, uh, McDonald was from the Waffle. Campbell was from Sydney. Where's the next one? Uh, Elijah Hollands didn't play. Mm. Nick Cox for uh, Essendon. Archie Perkins played a little bit. Zach Reed yep. played a little bit. Uh, uh, Tanner Bruin hardly saw him, or didn't see him, I don't think. Barely saw him. Um, Connor Stone, BWS, I don't remember seeing him either. Um, yeah, cool. yeah. Oliver Henry, Cox, I don't. Cool. Oliver Henry didn't. Cox play much. Yeah. 
So I guess my point is that out of the uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8 or so out of uh, the top 15, we didn't see a lot of them. Yeah, uh, Vardy Tanner played a little bit, but not much. Not more than 10 games, I think, was the criteria. I'd be surprised if Tanner Brun played more than 10 games. Yeah. So, And I know it's a big ask, but then when you see, you know, Riley um, played a lot of football. Logan McDonald played a fair amount of football. Um, we didn't see a lot of... Well, we didn't see any much of Granger Barris from Waffle. He played, uh, a bit of, he played a few games for Hawthorne. Uh, Campbell played a bit for Sydney. Yeah. Um, Peddler obviously had an injury and that held him back. Tommy Power played a fair bit for North. Yeah. Uh, so I just think that, you know, yeah. that I think that you, particularly at the moment where they you know, they don't play a lot of football, it just seems to me that provided they put the boots on and play five games, then mm. their top five, you know, top five, top ten graphics. Well, yeah, I, I guess my point was, Peter, that it's not only that these lads aren't exposed, uh, these Victorian kids, but they really have, and this is a point I made ad infinitum probably to everyone's annoyance last year, they've basically lost a year of fitness development, they've lost a year of football development, um, you know, they've lost a year of football by and large, and and this crop have probably lost the equivalent of two years because, don't forget, they would have been in the system last year when it was severely limited as well. Then they've come into the system again this year and, you know, haven't been able to play a huge, play a huge amount. So those Victorian lads are really, really behind the eight ball. And it's going to be interesting yep. to see over, over the next two or three years how many of those lads bob up as... Uh, mature age draftees or mid-season draftees um, because there's definitely some quality in there that didn't even get picked up and there'll be some decent lads that don't get picked up out of the Victorian system again this year. So it's a shame for them, but it probably steers you away from the Vic boys, um, which I guess includes lads like Finn Callahan and, and all that as well. So. Yeah. It just adds another little curveball, I guess, into the into the thinking, I guess, of Reed and and um, you know the list management committee at Adelaide as to how they go and and whether it's actually worth dropping down and looking at a uh, Wanganui Miller and a Arlo Draper and a Matty Roberts and those types because at least they've been playing football consistently for the last two years. Yeah, and it's and it's certainly if you look at our twenty twenty draft, there was no question that they took that path. Yep, absolutely. Very very essay-centric. Yep. And you look at, I mean, you look at a a kid like uh, Matt Roberts. Now, he was was tearing the underrated competition apart. Everyone had the top five. You've got to be this and that and all the rest of it. And he hasn't actually really done a lot wrong, to be honest, because if he's playing... Um, you know the the half forward graveyard spot for for South in the in the league team he had a pretty decent prelim final. Yeah, um, I thought he if you looked at him statistically over the state games, you know he was one of the highest ranked players of either. I think he ranked third across the the whole shooting match. Yeah, yeah for both for both teams. Yeah, and so 
Yeah, there's a lot of really, really strong performance. But, you know, you chuck in a dozen or, you know, 15 Victorian kids and bang, they, you know, he's just completely and utterly, he's just completely forgotten about. Oh, I think it's so, hilarious that Matt Roberts has been touted as low as late 20s in this draft, yeah. you know, early 30s. I, I just, like, the kid is a damn good player. I still think there's a lot of Simon Goodwin in him. Simon Goodwin was, you know, not overly quick, but he was a loper with a great leg and he just kept getting the ball. Uh, Matty Roberts has similar traits, is a good size. Um, you know, I think from an Adelaide perspective, he probably doesn't quite fit what we need, um, but that doesn't make him a bad player. That just makes him not the type of player that we need. I'm actually a little bit surprised that Port Adelaide aren't a bit more into him because they, I, I feel like Port really missed that 25-possession link player that I think Matty Roberts could be, um, you know, as a as a midfielder slash wingman with that raking left foot. So, Wayne um, yeah. Miller is the last player that Port need, Yeah, I would have thought. And I would have thought that Robert would have been the, one of the first players that they need, someone yeah. that... You know, can 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 get in and under and scrap and and yeah. um, but and still deliver on the outside too. If you need to, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, um, Inquisitor yeah. asks if if he slipped to thirty three, would you pick him up? I think I'd pick him up in uh, a heartbeat. Absolutely, if he's still there at thirty three, you, you know, you you would you would pick him up for sure. Because I I think that Matt Roberts is a two hundred game player for somebody. Yep. And I don't think if you see if you project him in that way and he's still there at thirty three, I'd I'd I just don't think you could ignore him. Um unless there was some similar talent that had also slipped uh, that you know, was a bit more. Um so I asked you yeah. your your um guilt edge and, and smoky. I think mine Oh gee whiz, I should have probably thought about it before I asked you. <laughs> um I really like the look of Goda. Um, I hate to be a bit of a sheep on that, but the, I've spent a fair bit of time watching... Uh, well, first things first, I really like the look of Callahan, and, and if Callahan's yeah. here at f- four, we take him and say thank you very much and yeah, job absolutely. well done. Yep, no, no problem. You know, and there's a lot of talk about who GWS and Gold Coast might take, uh, you know, and there's a reasonable chance that Finn gets to four, and I think if Finn gets to four, we take him, and we've got a very, very, very good player uh, on our hands. But uh, in the event that he don't, I think Young Goda is, is has got some good weapons and uh, certainly yeah. fits the profile of what we're looking at. And then I don't know how we would make this work, but I really like Arlo Draper. I've always liked Arlo Draper, and uh, yeah. I'd be a little bit salty if we uh, if we don't uh, happen to grab him, although I reckon where he might be in between our picks in the end, depending on how mm. things go. But uh, I reckon Arlo's going to have a good um, a, a good AFL career, and hopefully, uh, not that we wish injury on anyone, but hopefully his shoulder injury might just knock him off a couple of clubs' uh, radars and, and help him drop down <laughs> to where we might be able to get him. <laughs> yep. Now, we've got... No, that, uh, sounds... Yeah, that sounds reasonable to you, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Let's round this out with a couple of uh, conversations. We've got the Arab child. We'll just let you in here, Mr. Child. Please come in. I also noticed that Mordot, sir, who's in Singapore, said he was going to come in. So uh, stick your hand up there. Arab child, how are you going, mate? 
Now, see, every time we get Arab child on, something goes wrong and he can't speak. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, mate. I don't know what's going on with your uh, with your um, audio, but it's not working. Working, so I've kicked you back into the crowd. Look, if there's anyone else in the crowd that wants to uh, say good day, you've probably got about uh, three to five minutes left. Uh, just quickly, of course, we heard that Maddie Crouch has gone in for surgery again. Um, I think I wrote on Big Footy that I hope we never ever look at a Brad Crouch at a Crouch Junior because uh, you know the groin's going to be cooked. That family just seemed to have terrible, terrible issues around the that, pelvic a, region, don't they? Does Burjo have that kind of pull? Do you think? Does he? Is he? Is that a field of expert? Does he have any involvement? It just seems strange to me that Burjo signs on and then all of a sudden we've got Crouch in for surgery. I've got no vision over that, mate. Look, it's, it's possible. It's possible, I guess. Mm. Um, mm. From what I read, he like obviously he tried to play towards the end of the season. He had some further soreness, and that was the end of that. But I heard he was training, and then it flared again, and that was what led to the decision for surgery. But, I mean, Burgess would have to have some vision over that. He'd be overseeing the, the troops now, so uh, he might have he might have made a call. Have we still got the um, North Melbourne bloke running Kangatak? That's gone very oh, quiet, Pete. Right? He no, was in as a consultant. Now, what was his bloody name again? I've forgotten. No. He was in as a consultant, and then... Uh, Hi, guys. Uh, here's more dot, sir. How are you going, mate? Can you Hi, hear mate? me? Yep, can hear you loud and clear. Welcome. Question is, can you hear us? The answer to that might be no. <laughs> Much luck with this. Hello? Yeah, can you hear us? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Oh, there you go. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. I just wanted to ask, uh, what do you think? What type of impact do you think Darren Burgess is going to have after the first pre-season with us? Peter, over to you. Uh, look, I was reading where they think it's a, it's a two-year two-year process. Um, for him to to get in and, and work his magic, so I, I would think we would start to see the the benefits of of Burgess in twenty twenty three. I think I think that he'll he'll have all those kids on programs, and yeah. So I think that I would say twenty twenty three. But I just you know I'm not a I, you know I'm not a, a scientist, and I'm not in his field of profession. But for me, with Burjo, it just it just inevitably seems with him that two plus two equals four you know wherever he goes it all adds up and it all plays out on the field do you know what i mean like it just can't be an accident can it can i just interrupt um, just quickly uh, i just want to yeah. ask Vardy magic whether he'd like to rethink and maybe reword his latest comment on chat <laughs> <laughs> maybe darren so Burgess can rub to... some of his magic cream all over crouch's groin mm. Come on, Vardy. You're better than that. I just, I just let that. I, th I thought I'd better let that one fly by. Yeah. No, I think that he'll have. A, I think he'll have a, a massive impact. And the only reason I say that is not because of any kind of educated, you know, um, knowledge that I've got. Just the fact that wherever he, got, you know, some people in life they're just winners, aren't they? And yes. He just, you know, wherever he, wherever he goes, he just sprinkles the gold dust, and it just seems to to work. And so I, I would be very, very surprised if we're not really, really up and firing. Um, next week, uh, sorry, in 2023. 
Yeah. What do you uh, think, Mordor? Uh, I also wanted to ask who do you think is the biggest benefactor of Burgess's work at the club? Who do you think would be the biggest benefactor? <laughs> the loaded question. Well, you're going to say Fog, I suppose, but <laughs> for me, it would, it'll be all of the. It'll be the midfielders. It'll be some, for me. It'll be someone like Harry Schomburg. Harry, Harry, yeah. I Harry Schomburg is the one that I think will get the most benefit because you know he's still. We look at you know his game time. This year, what was he doing, Fiend? About 60% came time. Yep, yep, about that. And he was still racking up 20, 25 possessions, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I look at Christian Petraka and I think, Jesus, Burjo, if you can turn Schoenberg into the beast that Petraka is, we're going to have some sort of a player on our hands. Mate, can I we just, have a question for you? How, how's yeah, Singapore? Can I just quickly say, how's Singapore? How's Singapore's? How's Singapore? One of my favourite spots. Uh, it's pretty good. I've been living here for three years now, and uh, I'm from Adelaide, so uh, I'm working up here, and it's a uh, it's a very nice place, and uh, it's it's kind of uh, where we're in a lot of lockdowns the last two years, so uh, we have to wear masks everywhere. It's very different to Adelaide. I think whoever's living in Adelaide is very lucky. Uh, but in Singapore, they're very, very strict on COVID, mm. except uh, about a month or two ago, they've basi- they're basically uh, considering it as an endemic now. So uh, it's more like the European countries now, where we're just going to live with COVID instead of trying to prevent it. So, well, well you, you uh, really, well, sorry, Fiend, I don't mean to take you, you normally deal with no, this. No, 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 go certainly, certainly appreciate the... Uh, Calling in from overseas, it's, it always freaks me out a bit when I think there's people overseas listening to us, Fane. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I'm a long life uh, crew supporter, so I'm from Adelaide, so <laughs> it's not that weird. That's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I wanted to ask one Love more it. thing. Right? Go for it, mate. Um, what is your favourite Crows game, apart from the back-to-back premierships and the Geelong preliminary final win? Oh. The one where McLeod kicks the goal from the boundary on the left against Collingwood. Oh, I was at that game. I was at that game. That was pretty special. I'll tell you what, for a recent game, I wouldn't mind giving a shout. It's a great question. I'd give a shout to the the Melbourne game just this year. I was up and about that game. I had a few bevies. Yeah. And I was was up and about. (laughs) My... my... My favourite was uh, the Western Bulldogs final in Melbourne in 2015. Me and my my mate yeah. went on the bus there when I was still living in Adelaide, and it was a blast. It was the best game I've ever been to. I went to the Geelong preliminary final as well, and yeah. even that game topped that game. Like uh, I was in tears after that game. It was unbelievable the year we had with uh, Phil Walsh passing, and yeah, that game was just uh, crazy. Uh, I've never been to such a game. Yeah, text lacing out Charlie. Wow. The text to Charlie. Some memories there, Fiend. That was when I was away. You'd remember when I was was away in in the very, very bad lands. And we were able to sneak home. We were able to sneak home just for two weeks in all that time. And it just happened to be that game. So we got over to Melbourne. and uh, I didn't realise that. I I don't think you told me that. Well, no, I wasn't able to. Mate. No, you, no. <laughs> I can tell you now. That's, that's probably right. 
<laughs> but we were able to sneak home and, and yeah, so I was home for two weeks and um and happened to coincide with that twenty fifteen election final. And that was uh, it was a nice way to spend a weekend on the sneak back. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. Fantastic. Good times. Thanks, Mordot. Sir, that was a good contribution good there, call. mate. Thank Don't you. make it your last. Uh, thanks. I'm always tuning in every week, so thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, love your work, mate. Good on you. Thanks for your support. Uh, I reckon we've got uh, time for one more if anyone wants to sneak in. Of course, the other news um, is that Tiles, uh, um, despite being a little bit salty about not getting another year at the Crows, has actually decided to retire now, which is unfortunate. 29-year-old, yeah. all-Australian, probably in his prime uh, during his era, probably one of the top two or three KPDs in the competition, and uh, it's just a, a career cut short a little bit too early, I would have thought. Look, it was a great career, and um, he was um, he was a great servant for the Adelaide Football Club, and so you, you know, you uh, tip your hat and you thank him for his service. He was, uh, and, I, and my hope, Fiend, is that obviously. You know, things didn't part in a particularly good way, and it's you know probably a discussion for another show. The fact that none of these parting of the way seems to have gone very well with yep. the uh, with the senior players that we had through those difficult years, and so. Um, but it would certainly be my hope that um, that can be patched over, and in time he can um, be a you know a happy past player and and join in because, uh, as I understand it, he'll be staying in Adelaide. Um, and so hopefully he can, um, you know, avail himself of all of the all that he deserves as as a two hundred game player for the club. Peter, does that have? I know the coach hasn't changed, but does this off season have a little bit of Malcolm Blight nineteen ninety six about it? It really does, doesn't it? Yep, absolutely. A couple of favourite sons really out does. the door: T Lynch and D Talia, and a couple of others, um, yep, and a bit salty on the way out. Yeah, um, very, very similar. Yeah. Um, um, Ned McHenry just extended, just broke this afternoon. He's extended for two years till 2024, yes. so that was good news. So. Yes. Yep. And, and uh, just, go on. Finally, on Crow's News theme, this is a bit of a one from left field, but did um, people remember Brad Moran? Yes. That used to play. Crow. Remember the big centre half forward, the big yes. blonde number two that yes. came over? Yes, bleach blonde. Yep. And um, so old Brad Moran, after being delisted by the Crows, he got himself into a little bit of tech, and he uh, today just signed off on a deal to sell his little startup tech company to a overseas company for the princely sum of two hundred and five million dollars <laughs> for Brad Moran. So I'm tipping that old oh, Brad's wow. not—he's uh, not particularly concerned about um, being delisted by the Crows. No, probably not. What what um what field was that in? Do you know? It's um it's a search. It's a grocery and something to do with a grocery search engine. <laughs> You're kidding! <laughs> it's something to do with the fact that um you know when when you when you log on to like the Woolworths site or the Coles yeah. site, yeah, it's it's all just in alphabetical order. Yeah, and somehow this allows—it's almost like um, iView shopping. It allows them to put certain things. Oh. I don't know. 
I'm not a, I'm not a tech. I was expecting um, that he'd invented fire or something like that or electricity for 205 mil. Yeah. So Vardy Magic, you're right. That was the original startup, no queue, that, that, that busted and he almost went through the hoop. He ended up back in Brisbane living with his parents and trying to get a job. He couldn't get a job. So he ended up um, trying, having one more crack at it and he's just sold this thing to an overseas giant. Wow whatever but if you google him if you if anyone's interested if you google him now brad moran it'll be it's, it's only just happened today and it's all up, all up there that he's just signed off on this um this takeout by uh, by this overseas company so old brad moran he would be um i don't know he'd be kicking back somewhere in queensland i suppose and enjoying his uh yeah just just, win. just doing the uh just doing the little fortnight thing yeah fantastic all right. Hey, sorry, I just I no, no, no. That was that's extremely good, Peter. That's extremely good. I don't know how you picked that up, but uh, that's fantastic. Of course, just to finish off too, we've got Denny Van Hagen, who's created a bit of a storm because of her uh, her lack of a commitment to getting the jab before November first. A very interesting position yes, to take yes. for an ICU nurse. Um, and uh, it what's would your be thoughts, a... quickly, What's your thoughts there? And we've we've heard from Tom McDonald today too. What's your thoughts? Yeah. First of all, feminist debunked. You can we understand that you're not a fan of Taylor Walker, but you could probably give it a rest on chat now. Thanks, mate. Um, my thoughts are that there's no scientific reason why you wouldn't get vaccinated unless you've got a medical medical issue that uh, makes it dangerous. Uh, there's there's absolutely no science based reason why you wouldn't get vaccinated, and you're entitled to your own choice. But by putting everyone else in danger, I've got a, a family member who's uh, dragging their heels about getting vaccinated too, and I've banned them from the house out of principle. <laughs> but, but no, I, 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 I'm a bit startled that Danny, being a nurse, would, would take that position, and everyone's entitled to take a position. But I think, and I'm a bit, oh, philosophically, I'm a little bit troubled by vaccination passports and segregation based on your vaccines there's bits and pieces of that that I'm not comfortable with um, mm. but I don't see why anyone would be balking at getting the vaccine if uh, if they don't have a health problem yeah you're, you're similar to me but I um, you know like I'm vaccinated and my family's vaccinated and yeah. you would know from my previous line of work uh, working yeah. for the inverted commas government yeah, with uh, overseas work, that um, I would I would have had more bloody injections in my arm than most people would have hot breakfast. But yeah, but you're recovered but now. Doesn't bother you? me at all. I'm recovered now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I am at, at my core, I am a libertarian, and so I have fundamental issues with all of these um, things that are happening, like mm. you know, passports and, mm. and um, get a jab or get another job. Get, yeah, you can't come into. You're not allowed to serve this person if they're not mm. vaccinated, and all of this kind of stuff. It's I a think slippery very, slope, very, Peter, isn't it? Very slippery slope. Very, very slippery slope. So it doesn't uh, doesn't impress me at all. I, d I don't like. Remember when they first came out with the Q code and uh, the QR code, and they were saying oh, people were against it because you know it's a one step away from tracking you. Not that we're not already tracked, but you know. And now all of a sudden, now not only have we got the QR code in that app, but now we've also got our little vaccination 
uh, credentials mm. as well. And I just think to myself, I get it all. I understand why. Oh, all of that. But I just fundamentally don't like it. I, I don't like that. It doesn't mm. smell right to me. So I don't know. I'm no. a bit torn. Bit torn. Bit torn. Bit torn. Yeah, I'm the same. And it, I think the AFL will be faced with an interesting challenge um, to get this right and to, you know, they'll obviously try and, you know, um, persuade as many people as they can to uh, to be vaccinated. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, they're going to have to have some policy. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that shapes because they're working on it at the moment. So. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, all the best to Danny. Uh, she's a great player, been a great player for the Crows, and hopefully that sorts itself out and she can uh, suit up again for the forthcoming season. Speaking of which, Peter, that'll do us for tonight, I reckon, and I reckon we've got one to yep. go. I reckon we take a bit of a break now, and mm, yep. uh, when's the bloody draft? That's sometime soon. Uh, yep. 20... Yeah, I, better, I should get this right. Come on, hang on a second. About three or four weeks away. Yeah, about then. Um, November 24, says Vardy Magic. November 24, which is, what day is that? I bet you it's a bloody Wednesday. Uh, you're right, it's a bloody Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just, do, why don't we just, <clears throat> should we just do it a different night? Yeah, I think we I think we do it a different night. Uh, if it's the 24th, are they doing it over two nights this year? We won't care about the second night anyway. Well, so, they, they'll do it. They'll do it over two nights this year because we don't have the advantage of it like we had last year. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned. It'll probably. I reckon we might try and time it that we can actually review something instead of speculate. Um, so it that. might be on the Thursday or something like that but stay tuned, uh, check out all our socials and that, we'll uh, plaster it all over Discord and Twitter and everywhere else um, when uh, when we work out where we're going to be in the meantime, um, just one last thing, some people might have noticed on Discord that I posted a uh, I'm fat and I need to get fit thing if anyone is interested at all in catching up a couple of nights a week over summer at the beach for a bit of a run and a bit of a get-together, uh, I'm going to start up a little channel on Discord here for those of you who are interested. Peter, I've got to lose... Um, I'm going to call it 30 kilograms. Ooh, that's 30 kilograms by round one, 2022. That's how, long does that, how long does that give me? That, oh, not a lot, not yeah. a long time. What do we start in March, but, April? Yeah, five or six months. Yeah, all right. So that's my goal, 30, 30 kegs in that amount of time. If anyone wants wants to join me or or just uh, get around it now and again or whatever, I'll start a channel in Discord um, and uh, feel free. Uh, no shame, no judgment at all. I'm a fat bastard and I need to be less fat. So, uh, <laughs> so COVID hasn't done me right. So, <laughs> so get around it if you feel like it. Um, thanks to everyone who's been on Discord tonight and who's joined us during the year. Of course, thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube chat as well. Um, one to go. Uh, g'day to Mac. I hope you're feeling well, mate. We will see you in about a month. Until then, catch you later. See you, everybody. <laughs>